This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. Before we get to Tyler, though, I'm going to welcome Dr. Robin Inch and chill with us while while we honor Tyler's questions that he has. Uh, you hear her every Sunday right here on Urban View. Channel uh, 126, 11 a.m. Eastern, the Dr. Robin Smith Show. Dr. Robin is here. She's in the building. I am. Thank All you. Right. Hello, here. It's good to be in the house, always, in the Karen Hunter house. Yes, and we're, we're going to now go into the house that hip-hop built. Sophia Chang, the baddest bitch in the room, is still here. Uh, we were talking about Unlock Her Potential, which is her mentorship program, which is amazing. I was a part of it a couple of years uh, ago. And now, uh, was it last year? It feels like yeah, just yesterday. Uh, and now she's kicking off a, a new round of mentees and mentors. Uh, September 9th is your deadline for signing up. But Tyler Merritt was like, how you going to let her go without me asking? My whole half my book is about hip-hop and the influence. And I got Sophia Chang, and I don't get to ask her. So I was like, all right, Tyler. Sophia's sticking around just for you. Tyler perfect. Murray. Perfect. Listen, two, I, I'm going to, I have two things I need to ask you. The first, I'm going to ask you up front so you can sit on it while I ask you about the secondary thing. Okay. Um, I need to know your current top five favorite MCs, top five. So I'll let you get to that. Think on that, though you may already have them locked and loaded. But before we get to that, I need to know, have you heard Jay-Z's verse on DJ Khaled's new song, God Did? I have not, but I'd love to hear you talk about it. I am so glad you want to hear me talk about it because I listened to it at midnight on Thursday night because Khaled's been all like, God did, God did, whatever. And so I knew he had Lil Wayne on it, he had Rick Ross on it, and he had Jay-Z on it. Now, Hove is my favorite rapper of all time. However people want to feel about it, that's fine. We can argue about it. So I go, there are, I'm telling you, there are people who are listening right now who are like, I can't believe we're getting to talk about God did. So I listened to the song for the first time and then I lose my mind, Sophia Chang. I lose my mind. I'm sitting here like, what happened? By the way, it's the song is like eight and a half minutes long, okay? And Jay-Z doesn't start and like two, like two and a half, three minutes go by. And you're like, how is this song eight and a half minutes long? The reason why is because Hove raps for four and a half minutes on this song. Hove goes off, he blacks out for four and a half minutes. And so I'm sitting here listening to it, losing my mind. Literally Karen Hunter comes on Twitter and I, and I hit her up and I'm like, are you, did you listen to Jay-Z on God Did? I need to know. You're like, I'll listen to new hip hop. I go and look, Jay-Z's trending number one on Twitter. Cause I know I'm losing my mind. So I want to encourage you, Sophia, to go and listen to Hove drop four and a half minutes of brilliance. So much that Ari Melber went on MSNBC and had to do this whole Shakespearean conversation about his verse. All right, that's how <laughs> So I have a few things to say about that. Mm -hmm. Number one, I love Khaled. Um, he is amazing at assembling talent. He is a magnet. And I think um, he gives them the space, not just musically, but lyrically and creatively to do what he wants to do. Number two, I love that we are living in a world where there is an eight and a half minute song. 
you know, this was unheard of, but the gatekeepers are gone, right? So you don't have people saying, it's got to be three and a half minutes earned. Give me the radio edit. Give me the radio edit. Mm -hmm. You know, back in the day, think about some of those disco songs. I think Good Times, right? Right. Good Times is a very long song. And they did a radio edit, fair enough. But let it breathe. And I'm totally mm. fine with the short songs. I'm totally fine with the 888, 16, 16, 16, whatever it is. But the notion that we can just let it breathe, right? Mm. And if Hope wanted to go on that long, I'm sure it's amazing. And I will immediately go listen. I love to hear that. Look, how many decades does he have under his belt? One of the things that I respect so much about Jay-Z, um, in addition to like just his lyrical, right? His lyrical style is how he's so easy with his flow i cannot wait for you to listen to this you know he's just he's just so easy with it it doesn't sound like it doesn't sound overwrought and tortured and like when mcs are like that it it stresses me out a little bit and that and that's what's going to take me to my my list of my top five so when you say current favorites i don't know current hip-hop i aged out hip-hop a long time ago Please do not send me your demos. Um, my my opinion is no longer relevant, but I will tell you my favorites right now, and they will be for all time. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Nas, Jizza, three thousand, right? Andre, um, Meth, and Old Dirty Bastard, God rest his soul. I managed two of those people, so I have a little bit, you know, I have a little bit of a a, um, a preference there. A personal you've preference. managed, you've managed the greats. Don't downplay that. Like you just like loosely. We know you. We know you. Like you, the fact that you can say ODB and rest in peace, and you mean that in a in a tangible way, like that affected you in an actual real way. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, I also have to shout out. Uh, Yesterday was the uh, 10th anniversary of the passing of my friend, Chris Lighty, God rest his soul. And I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Chris Lighty. Um, and his story is the story of hip hop. Uh, if you want to listen to the, his story, uh, you can go listen to the mogul podcast. But I, I'm, I'm so happy for somebody like a college who just has this, you know, one thing I'd love to know about that record, Tyler, is how was it recorded? Because one of the things that, this very this woman careening through middle age misses about the analog era is the chemistry in a studio so i'm not saying you can't make great verses by flying digitally right of songs of course you can we've heard so many of them but there was a magic that happened when they were in the studio together so i worked at jive which was in the same building as battery and d'angelo told me there was one night i think he was in a room Nas was in a room and maybe ODB or Tribe was in another room. Now, it doesn't mean that they ended up dropping eight or 16 bars on each other's songs, but you know that they were in each other's rooms, right? Right, And however it happened, through osmosis, they inspired each other, right? And I A&R'd the scenario remix. And there was something to be in the room when, when an MC went up and they delivered their first verse and you were like, and then the other MCs were like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I have to follow that. There's just something, there's a chemistry, there's a there's an energy, attention, frequencies. 
um, all of this stuff that buzzes and it's tangible. Like when you're in that room, it's one of the great privileges that I experienced. I got to like be a part of that. I got to have those neurons and ions bouncing off of me, right? And I got to absorb some of them and having them all together, I'd be really curious to know, probably not because it would be hard to assemble so many phenomenal MCs, but if Khaled didn't do it, in my mind, he's figured out how to do it digitally, right? right? Because it's one film. thing, exactly. It's one thing to have a great beat. And then you have four incredible MCs and they fly in their verses and you have great verse, great verse, great verse, great verse. That's not necessarily a song to me, mm. right? In the same way that 12 great songs is not, is not necessarily an album to me. Back in my day, do you know how long artists and a &R people spent sequencing an album? We mm. spent so much time because it's meant to be listened from top to bottom like you read a book. You don't read a book out of sequence. You don't read chapter five and then three and then read the last chapter. And that's all gone now and that's fine because it's not how people consume music anymore. But in the same way with the song, the idea of like just this kind of chemistry that he's been able to do whether in person or whether digitally, that's a big part of Khaled's magic to me and what I think he's a master of. Thank you for allowing me to talk to you about hip hop. And I just wanna say anybody who's gonna go listen to that track, the mistake, what I ended up doing, it's track two, Drake does this intro, then track two is called God Did. Then track three actually is Kanye and Eminem. I never even, and Eminem has a killer verse on this track three, never even got to it. Cause I spent 24 hours Good for you. listening over and over and over and trying to digest what Jay was trying to say. So I can't wait till you listen to it. I, Thank I you, can, Karen, for letting me talk. I, I can hardly, it. hardly wait. The one last thing I want to say about hip hop in, in terms of current hip hop is, and I don't, and I, I don't, I can't name a bunch of her songs. I'm a huge fan of Meg The Stallion. I'm a huge fan. And I'll tell you why. The first time I heard her, the first thing that occurred to me was she writes her own verses. Mm. I've done A&R. Mm. I, 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 know, I know what that's like. And the way that she delivers, it is so clear that she writes her own rhymes. There mm. is something that is so organic that comes from so deep inside of your spirit and your soul. And when you spit, when these MCs spit, you know that they had to write them. They're so, mm. it's almost like it's part of her DNA that she brought up. I love Meg. I think she's nasty in the best way. Woo, she's a monster on the mic. I love Meg the Stallion. Okay. Love. Okay. Okay. Thank right. you. Love you. Love Dr. you. So I want to oh. come to your house for dinner because your house looks beautiful if that's your house. That is. Robin, Dr. Robin. Yes. 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 Oh, yeah. Oh, oh wait. you come. Okay. Where are you in the in the world? Uh, LES, Lower East Side. Yeah. You're, oh, you're in New York. I'm in Philly. So, I mean, that's just a, a you know, a, a breath away. Pops I just have to say, and Karen, I don't know if you need to go to commercial. No, we, I mean, eventually, but you know, I should, <laughs> I should host a dinner. Well, yeah, you should. A absolutely. I mean, and don't do it's been a done before where you put it out there and then don't invite us. We're going to show up anyhow. Oh, well, first of all, I don't like to be around people and the people I like <laughs> to be around are in this room. So y'all, no, yeah, it's I fabulous. think it would be interesting to, But I, I have to say this, honestly, what you're to, what I just listened to, first of all, I pull up, you know, God did, so I can't wait to listen to that. But the other piece to me that we're really talking about is synergy and alignment. Mm. And what happens when, uh, when you were just talking, Sophia, about 
uh, Meg, that is it Meg, right? Yes. That you were saying is a yeah, yeah. What's powerful about that is anytime someone delivers their own truth, we can tell the difference. Mm. So it's not only in a rhyme, it's in a sermon. It's in, I mean, it is when it's in a conversation like right here, right now. So if I were, you know, if I decided I was going to say something just to be saying something, you would know that Dr. Robin is, at least in this moment, fake. Mm. You know, when someone is articulating verbal, it's not just language, it's communication from the soul. And so I just want to remind us of this bigger picture as well, hopefully that is calling all of us. We may not be artists, you know, we may not be in front of a, an audience or a mic, but we all have a stage mm. that is calling us front and center. And that is really this question, will we show up being who we really are? The last wow. thing I just wanna say is there's a rabbi who was asked this deep question, which is, you know, Rabbi, what will we be asked in the afterlife? Like, what's the, you know, what are we going to be asked about? And the rabbi says, you will not be asked why you were not Moses or David or Deborah or Ruth. You're going to be asked why you were not you. Mm. Mm. And that to me is what we're talking about in terms of rap, in terms of music, in terms of communication, and God did, which as soon as we're off the air, I was going to try and do it while we were no, on. We're going to do it. We're going to do it now. We're going to do it now. Okay, we're going to play good. a little bit of it now so we can get a little taste. And we can't play good. much of it because, you know, copyrights and all that. Sophia, love you immensely. Karen, See you thank in the you. Thank yes. you. And this is your gift, Karen, is that you bring people yes. and they show up and they are earnest and they are truthful. You are a storyteller. Yeah. We are all storytellers. Tell your story. You bring people on to tell their stories and every one of us has a story and it is unique and it is beautiful so god bless you karen hunter and thank you thank you thank you i love you love thank you, you dr you. robin you. thank you tyler i love, love you at dinner tyler Merritt is here dr robin is here before you got here dr robin and before we went on a hip-hop uh journey uh i loved it by the way i loved your energy Tyler, you are very passionate. Um, Hip-hop is a common thread throughout your book. Dr. Robin, his book is I Take My Coffee Black, one of the best audiobooks I have ever listened to. It is amazing. And Sophia Chang, before Tyler was had the best, I mean, like, to, to bring people into your world through your voice, sharing your story, bringing on your mom, your dad, your childhood friends, your, you know, the producer, who yeah she was a little was like hey you're all excited she was like thank you she was like dara yes you okay you know it was like oh, why what is wrong with her all right it's fine no, no disrespect but but the rest of it was, was amazing um but we were talking about before you came in dr robin um tabitha but not really about tabitha i think we were talking about me too you know it's really hurtful to be all of the things that you are and everyone says you're wonderful, but yet you're somehow not quite good enough. Even if, so you hire me to do something or you brought me on to do this thing. You produce this. So you're, you're, I'm excited. And then I'm not quite good enough. I, I have to change some things. You know, 
it's painful because we're human beings and even if you don't say it out your mouth, we're going to doubt. So I'm going to play the clip and then we'll talk about it. This is a clip from her Instagram or Twitter uh, where she confronts some things without being direct. So we'll dissect it. Hello there. Y'all all right? Uh, real quick. I know I've said this so many times before, um, but for whatever reason, people just don't seem to believe me. Okay? Uh, there is not a company, there is not a network, there is not a person, place or thing that is going to change who I am. If you don't like Tab, as this Tab, uh, if you don't like the Tab who gives God glory, if you don't like the vegan Tab, if you don't like the cooking Tab, the mama Tab, if you don't like my personality, if you don't like everything that makes Tab Tab, don't work with me because I'm not going to change. I'm not going to shift a little bit for your audience. I'm not going to um, talk a little bit different for your comfort. I'm not going to change. This person I am, this is who God created me to be. And if it ain't enough for you, then you're not for me. And if I bring it to your attention that Wait, I don't like how this feels. Um, I feel like you're trying to change me um, or erase my personality or my culture. And you get upset by that instead of hearing me from my heart. Um, I also don't want to be in business with you. Does, does that make sense? It ain't personal for you, but it's personal for me and it's business. Okay, and with that being said, my new show is Complicated has been moved from Thursdays at 9 p.m. to Tuesdays at 1 p.m. on Food Network. You can still stream it on Discovery Plus, uh, but I'm still not going to change. And I'm going to always speak my mind and my truth. I love y'all. Bye. All right, y'all. Y'all know the DVR Tuesdays, Complicated, and stream it because the streaming numbers, they, they calculate those very much so. So we're going to do that. Um, she followed up with a tweet uh, where she said, honey, please don't confuse freedom with arrogance because a lot of people are like, how dare you? She got a lot of nerves. Just be happy with the check, all of the stuff. She said, I used to be a code switcher and I, and it did nothing for anyone. We mm. should be accepted in any room because we are enough. I will never pave a road for others that requires them to give up their freedom. No, ma'am. Heart emoji. Dr. Robin, thoughts, thoughts and prayers. I mean, that is powerful uh, and so courageous and also essential because what Tabitha knows and those of us who have been in the industry, let's just call it, understand often that what is asked is that we become something other than who we really are so that it can accommodate uh, the comfort of other people. And so she's really speaking to, and you're right, now that I have heard the clip, what we were talking about in terms of God did and in terms of um, hip hop. I mean, what does it mean and, and rap? What does it mean for someone to recognize that the one thing that they will always fail at is trying to be someone else. Mm. And mm. 
if you want to guarantee failure, sign up to be somebody other than yourself. And now, and let me say this, parents are asking all the time that their kids be like them, not being like who the child was born and destined and divinely created to be, but being like your mama, be like your daddy, be like pop-pop and mama. And so what Tabitha is really calling us into is an intimate, authentic conversation with who am I and who am I really? Who am I and who am I really? And there is a terror, particularly that Black people have, that if we don't sell out, that the sale will be over. And mm. at times, that has been true. And so I, I like what Tabitha is talking about, but what what is her ultimate goal? Was the ultimate goal the check? Nothing wrong with the check. She deserves the check. She's entitled to the check, but she recognizes you know, the Bible says, what does it profit a person to gain the entire world and lose their soul? And so what she's saying is she's not for sale. Mm. And this isn't about Tabitha and all of the millions of dollars she's making. It's about you and me and everybody who's in our lives. Are we willing to pay the price, whatever that price is, to live the life that is ours to live and to trust that if we do that, there is a payoff, whatever that means, at the end of that road that could never come from selling our souls. Dr. Robin, can I ask you, um, I, I sort of asked Sophia the same question. Yeah. So Tabitha, it's, I don't, let me be clear. It's not easy for Tabitha to be herself because she has weight on her and there's responsibility, but she's choosing to do so. Well, let's bring it to like a ground level. I'm gonna give you like kind of a couple of examples, okay? What would you say to the young black woman or any anyone, we'll just say woman period, who is currently working at um, a nine to five trying to climb a ladder and she's maybe just stepped into the door, she's doing a great job, this, that and the other but she kind of keeps herself quiet in board meetings or she doesn't speak her voice because she's concerned about the fact that her voice is going to affect her bag, right? And in her case, she may have quite a bit to lose because she doesn't have that, she doesn't have that target money. She doesn't have that New York best, Times bestseller book money. She has that trying to feed her kids, but she feels that thing inside of her that maybe doesn't completely feel right because she can't be herself. So you have that person, right? And then I'm going to give you another scenario that I love for you to speak to. Say you have this white pastor of a church, okay, who knows that the idea of Black Lives Matter is not propaganda. He knows in his heart what's real, what's truth, what's knowledgeable. He knows what Jesus has to say about it. But he also knows that saying certain things from the pulpit are going to affect the kind of money that he gets in his offering, which is something that's happening all over the world right now. So there's this realistic fight of being true to yourself. But when it comes to a granular level, it's a little bit harder to walk in. What would your, what would your words be for that? Absolutely. And I love, Tyler, I love these questions. Um, there are questions that 
I have worked with people, um, you know, people we know and people that we don't know. Uh, let me start with the woman, whether it's an African-American mm -hmm. woman or a woman who finally got in the door. You know, sure. she's no longer looking from the outside. She's actually in the room at the table. One of the essential things for her is not whether or not she raises hell, shall we say, mm -hmm. and loses her seat. It's whether or not she is clear internally and with her tribe of people. Hmm what it is that is happening in her life, what is being asked of her, and how she can both navigate the moment and not lose the moment. So okay. this is, right, so this is not, everybody can't be Tabitha and everyone is not meant to be Tabitha. Everyone is entitled to the truth of their story and a tribe that keeps them safe telling it. So that mm. doesn't mean you go to work and tell your story, but it certainly means that at home, we are not wearing, as Paul Lawrence Dunbar said, the mask that grins and lies. Mm. It's not well, that we so don't wear the mask, it's where we wear it and where we take it off. What's our responsibility? So Tabitha, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling not struggling, wrestling, because we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. I'm wrestling spiritually right now with Tabitha. Her sensation came through her relationship with her audience that she built and cultivated herself through her social media platforms. Food Network comes, wants to, they want to capitalize on the reach of her audience, which they don't have. Food Network, DIY, the, these, um, these um, home makeover channels are inherently very white right they may have you know ron sanchez or something they're going to have different you know people on but the producers the 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 thought leaders are very white and and they they they're comfortable in that somebody in the nubian chat said well, what about paula dean paula dean reminds them of dixie and slavery they like that that's a great image they that they want to project mm -hmm. paula dean was very much down home and southern in a way that they liked tabitha is down home and southern in a way that they don't like because a southern black person is supposed to be submissive jump off the curb avert your eyes you know give give space to uh the white dominance you know be mammy like you know what I'm saying? Mm. Which is why I reject all, you know, oh, I want to say something. I'm going to say something, which is why I'm watching who they ordain or the pick me Negroes that get uh, get the, the spaces are usually people that they're they're comfortable with the, the tropes that they represent. So there's the mammy, there's the sassy sapphire, you know, there's all, because that's, you know, Jezebel, all of these images of black womanhood, which is why I'm rejecting right now in the chat. Somebody calling me auntie. Don't call me your auntie. I'm a full 100% woman. You know, I ain't your aunt. I will whip your ass, but it may be in some different kind of way, but you need to understand that. You know, you're not going to define me is the point that I'm making, right? I define me. And when they pick you, it's because they're comfortable with what you project. Now, you may not know that. 
I know that a part of my success at the Daily News is because I fit a particular, you know, loud mouth, sassy black girl. And when I realized it, I flipped the script because I'm like, oh, oh, we're going to do this differently. Yeah, okay, okay. I see. I see. Because it's like, I'm not going to rock the boat for them. I'm not messing with the power structure until I until I did. Right. And now 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 you're in a different kind of battle. But I just you know, I just had to get that off my chest because our responsibility as consumers of this content and supporters of people like Tabitha means we have to double down. We got to let the which is why we got to record that thing and play it and go to whatever streaming platform it is and hit play. We got to show them where the power is. And it's not with them. It's with Tabitha. It's with Dr. Robin. It's with Tyler. It's with Karen. We're the power. Uh, And and she's representing that by flipping it on her side and going, what you say to me in silence about changing your, the network and the chain, I'm going to go and take it public and go, hi, everybody. Yeah. Let me tell you what's happening here. And here we are talking about it on your show. And you know, that show probably has more viewers now than it did in its first couple of weeks for bringing attention to that. But I wanted to go back, Dr. Ruth, uh, doctor, because I wanted to make sure um, that you can speak to my white pastor guy over here. I can. And I just want to say, I'll get to that, Tyler, in one second. Just Thank you, Dr. Robert. just said about uh, how we are positioned uh, to be manipulated by a system that is going to exploit us. So for instance, because I am light skin and light eyes and light, whatever that means, and how I've been educated and lots of other trappings, it has often opened doors until it didn't. And what I mean by that is because I also am very clear about being a black woman, that when that became clear to the powers that be that I was clear Mm. about being black and that I came from a family that was very clear about being black. Uh, Some might say in certain ways, well, I'll leave that out. But anyway, came from great clarity. That also closed doors. And I had to make a decision about whether or not I was going to let certain doors close until I until the right door opened. And Karen, a lot of that had to do with showing up here on this platform that you offered to me and then the Dr. Robin show and then the other things that are coming from that. So I think the other piece of this, Tyler, back to your point, is we have a lot of decisions to make as Black people who are assaulted for the very uh, fact of being black and owning it. And before I just get to your question, I did a, a pilot for one of the big networks, the major, you know, the three, and I did a pilot for them. I go to do the pilot and all of a sudden they say, we need you to wear yellow and we need this. And I was like, well, yellow is a terrible color for me. I don't look good. And they said, well, like Mrs. Obama, and we need your arm. And so they went through this whole thing about how they were going to dress me like Mrs. Obama. And I said, okay, she's fabulous. I mean, she looks fabulous. She's beautiful. She's smart, but we don't look the same. Like, And what she can pull off and wear 
isn't good for me. And so what I'm saying is there is a blindness mm. almost that black means that if we let you in, that we own you and we can make and remake you. And so I just want to speak to that reality that happens to all of us. And I had to find a safe place, Tyler and Karen, to go and tell my story in a way that it could be held and I could be held until the door opened for me to walk through it, not crawl through it on my knees. Because if you go through that way, they will eat you up and spit you out at some point. So to your white pastor, I don't know if you know, Tyler, that I'm ordained clergy too. So I don't know. I do. Yep. Yes, okay, ma'am. Yeah. I know. So I, that's why I love this question, because I think part of what we're seeing in the Christian world in general is that pastors were required to lie often to get their jobs. You know, like, in other words, they needed to be married, even if they were gay, um, meaning married to someone of the opposite sex. Sure. They needed to have a family. They needed to, you know, God forbid you have a single pastor who dates. I mean, and maybe has sex and isn't married. So there were oh, so many ways. Been there. Right. In which we made pastors lie to get their jobs. And then they make us lie to sit and listen to them. Yeah. And so what I really want to say about that white pastor is he or she, because it is both. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, they also need a safe place to be able to tell the dilemma they are in. The dilemma of conscience, the dilemma that Black, that black Lives Matter is not um, a, well, it's radical, but it's radically true mm -hmm. and necessary. And so that white pastor, the growth for him or her is to have some safe place where they can say, I'm between a rock and a multi-million dollar hard place. Wow. And I don't know how to honor the Jesus that called me mm. and the God of money that I now serve. Dr. Robin, okay. Okay. But, but if they could say it, I didn't say tell their congregations. I didn't say lose everything they have. But if they could tell someone, you know, isn't this true for all of us when something is off and wrong? That if we begin to articulate the truth just in small bite-sized ways, it begins to take momentum and we can live into a new response if we can begin to put the truth out. It is when we keep it in secret that the secret and the lie is what is magnified and grows. You said something that I wish I would have wrote down because even when you said it, typically on this show, if someone says something that sticks out, I try to stop them right in the moment. But you said something about um, like not missing the moment. Like um, I wish I could remember and somebody's gonna go back and listen to it. But what I was gonna say is it kind of relates to this pastoral moment too because I find myself with that white pastor or white woman, whoever, whatever pastor, I find myself going, 
I love that you have your tribe. And oftentimes I end up being a part of many of those tribes where pastors can come to me and go, Tyler, I want you to know this is how I really feel in my heart, but I haven't gotten to the place yet where I can say it here. I, I, I'm, I'm ready for those moments now where we take these things public. Yeah. And I, I, want to, I want to live in a Jesus world where people are talking about the Jesus that they first met. When we first started in the, started in the first hour, um, Karen has just finished reading my book and I, and I love it so much because she learned about me coming to know Jesus at a really young age and how the Jesus that I fell in love with is the Jesus that I love now. That's the same Jesus. But that Jesus I fell in love with after walking through a lot of steps in my life got twisted and turned and pulled in all these different directions. And before I knew it, I didn't recognize that thing that I fell in love with in the first place. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. but when you come back to that spot, you feel this thing. I feel like I can get emotional. So forgive me for it. You, you no, no, feel no, don't like. apologize for that. That's the freedom coming. Like you can't, you can't help but to let that truth come out of you. You can't help but to sit in a congregation and go, Pastor, I need you to have that boldness of the Jesus we know, bro. I need, I need, I need you to have that. Yeah. And so all of that to say that there, that's a great in theory, but coming back to like you said, in practice is a different thing. So, but, but I do. The think moment that, can be lost. Yeah, but I do think for what you're saying, that being able to say to that pastor, I need to, I want to tell you what it feels like for me, for you to be in the closet mm. about this. I, I want you to know what your closeted living, not about all the other stuff that, you know, sex and homosexuality. Sure. I want to talk about race, pastor. And I want to talk about what your closeted living is costing me. Mm. 866-801-8255. Dr. Robin Smith is here. Uh, this weekend, I think you are talking with Brian Stevenson. Are you talking with Brian Stevenson? No, not yet. No, that's going to happen on that's going to happen on your when 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 I have the privilege of. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, All right. I spoke out of turn because I'm like, yeah, shoot. You, you, I, I right. mean, not I'm sorry. Not I'm yet. Sorry. You're Brian right. and Howard. That's right. that's going to okay. happen on, on right. your All platform. Right. All right. All right. Um, in the meantime, you know, I was talking with Tyler because as I was walking and listening, because. I'm now getting my steps in and multitasking, getting it all in. And um, audiobooks are beautiful for not having to sit in one place and absorb things. I was thinking that many of us uh, use Jesus as a crutch, use God as a crutch, Allah as a crutch, as a crutch, as a crutch to not live our full lives. We have these checklists of things that are required of us based on what we believe these figures are, Jesus, Muhammad, Buddha, whatever. And it, it gives us um, a, a, uh, an out to actually live because we're, you know, we, we got Jesus as a crutch. And I hmm. wonder you know, how do people understand or come to that realization in their, in their own lives? Because there's some people that are so rigidly Christian or so rigidly Muslim or so rigidly Buddhist, not Buddhist as much, but, you know, follow Hinduism because Buddhist, mm -hmm. Buddhism is, is that fluidity that 
you know, anyway, that they don't explore life. They're not living. So they never make mistakes because they're following the letter of the law and then they're wagging their finger at everybody else that's not because they're low-key mad that people are doing things that they can't do. <laughs> so you mad. You you big mad. Just live. Live. <laughs> It'll be all right. How, how do we get people to break away from the crutch of Jesus? Yeah. And by the way, there are very rigid Buddhists um, who will own. I mean, I've got, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Because I think I mean, of Buddhism as, you know, this Tai Chi, yin yang, well, you know. No, no, it, it, it is meant to be all about the moment. But I have Buddhist friends who talk about the same um, kind of religious uh, rigidity that is in the Christian faith and in the Muslim faith, that there are Buddhists who are as constipated as the rest of um, people of faith. So, uh, but I will, you know, as you ask that question, what comes to mind for me is the way in which Jesus, in this example, um, becomes an addiction. And addictions are places where people hide and self-medicate from pain. And so if we were to dismantle the way in which people use Jesus as a crutch, mm. as a hiding place. I didn't say as a refuge and not as your strength, but as a hiding place. And there's a difference between being your refuge and your strength and hiding. Um, if we are to unpack what it means to actually know Jesus, the only way to know Jesus is to know Jesus in truth. I mean, you know, it says that, that the spirit of truth will come. And if we ask ourselves, like, you know, the quote, and I've said on here before, we're only as sick as our secrets. Mm. So if we do a temperature check right now and we ask ourselves, how many secrets am I keeping? How many secrets am I living? We begin to understand that the more secrets we have, the less room there is for Jesus to abide in us, through us, with us. You know, people were like, you know, why isn't God with me? And I'm like, well, because God needs space to abide. And so if what is taking up space in my life are my fears and my lies and my hiding, then God can be 100% in the little bit of space that I give God. So if we want more abundance and more connection, then we have to make room for truth. Dr. Robin. way around that, yes. I, allow, please forgive me for interrupting you for a no. second, but I please. just think it's important that the people that are listening to this right now do not just take this as a as a thought, but take it as something tangible. Because I guarantee you there is somebody who is listening to right now that needs to hear what you're saying. They're saying that these secrets that are held, yeah. these um, the shame that is the held shame. that you're gripping onto is actually keeping you from allowing that truth of who. God is actually into who you are. And when those secrets begin to get released, and, and God forbid they're not released in some shameful, horrible way, but I'm talking about on you on a personal level, 
going, let me deal with the truth of what's going on in my heart. Let me walk in that. Um, that, What you're saying is beautiful and great and full of grace. And I just wanted to make sure that people didn't miss it. Well, no, thank you, you know, for that. And to me, when we think of the old school camp meetings uh, where, you know, old school revivals, I feel, and I I really want to do this, um, you know, after COVID, whatever that means, um, (laughs) to really create a space, not where Billy Graham was condemning people and there are all kinds of racial um, and racist racist ways that were embedded in many Christian uh, leaders, but really to invite people to come down and not only meet God, but meet themselves for the first time in a long time. Mm, mm. And what an intoxicating moment to be invited to come and meet yourself. I mean, that there, there is nothing more powerful than that union. There really is. And there is nothing more transformative than to offer God your whole heart. That I mean whole, meaning that's W-H-O-L-E with the holes, the H-O-L-E-S. We got a lot of holes in our hearts. But if we can bring all of that, all of those holes to that whole experience, it's a holy and H-O-L-Y journey. Look at you with the double and triple entendre. Um, you know, Come I'm on trying. Now, I mean, you know, that, that's what I'm living.